ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, it's time for What Do You Call It Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of What Do You Call It Podcast. I'm your host, GB, and there's a reason why I did the shadow boxing. It's because today's guest is a close protection operative, an MMA fighter, a boxer, a doorman, an ex-British Army Airborne Forces, and now an actor. Please give up for my mate, Ryan Barber. How you doing today, mate? You all right? Yeah, good. Pleasure to be on board. Thanks for having us on. Not a problem at all, mate. Not a problem. So can you tell the listeners where in the UK you're currently at? Uh, I'm in the in Northamptonshire, a small uh, town called uh, Corby. Nice, mate. Nice. You're off to the South End, didn't you? Yeah, mate. Ooh, that's it, man. Which Got some we... good memories down there with you. Yeah, man. We uh, actually met last year in Southend, and we're actually going to kickstart the show by talking about the new rise of the Foot Soldier origin film. Reason being is because it actually featured both of us, well, mainly you, featured two seconds of me, just if that. And I've got to ask, Ryan, how did it feel seeing yourself on the big screen? Yeah, well, when I uh, went to the premiere in uh, the London, mm-hmm. obviously, um, down Leicester Square, it was a bit like surreal, really. Like, it was just it was one of the moments where I was waiting, like, because we did quite a lot of scenes, obviously, filming, but when the editing gets done, you don't know how much you're going to be in, and you're not, obviously, you can relate to that yourself. When we were there, we did, when we jumped around, we did, where everything we did, it was just like anticipation to see when we're in there. So I was actually quite glad that my sort of speaking role and the line was in there. It could have been better, obviously, that uh, bottle scene that I was supposed to have done, but <laughs> as, 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 as the whole, like, um, with the football fight scenes and everything, at least, like, I'll probably see me and I was in there sort of thing. So, yeah, I was quite happy with it, to be fair. So, yeah, it was cool, cool to see. Nah, awesome, man. I was at the cinema. I noticed you straight away. I was happy to see you. And another thing as well, you actually featured on the official movie poster. Uh, with George Russo and I think it's Char, another guy we met on the set who's a good lad. Uh, I mean, how did it feel being on the poster itself? I mean, you're pretty featured on it. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Um, George Russo was, was a really cool guy, um, to be fair, because um, when, when I met him on that set, he sort of spoke to us first because he, he, he clocked tight in the ears because I put like um, some like, cauliflower ears, not um, too bad, but then he asked, I was rugby all like jiu-jitsu or anything, like crap, and I said, oh yeah, crap, or jiu-jitsu for... Like a wild sort of thing. So he said he, um, I didn't know if something he, he did uh, jiu jitsu as well. He quite likes it. So I got like um, speaking to oh, him. I think that helped me like get near to the front of the thing, any the line, anyone that day because you put yeah. chat like that. So we uh, showed him if you're interested in jiu jitsu. So we, did, we just got on. He just he was like a cool guy to be fair. So uh, that was like quite cool. But yeah, on, on the front post, it's like it's quite a good like picture to be fair. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's awesome, man. I mean, I've used it as the thumbnail uh, for this image uh, for this episode when I do upload it. I mean, it's just a oh, cool opportunity, man. I mean, um, are we actually okay to share the behind scenes moment, which involved me and you and a prop bottle? If yeah, you can tell the listeners <laughs> what exactly happened with you and that prop bottle, please. Oh, that was a uh, disaster. Like, my, my main like scene, my moment that got taken away from me, didn't it? Forever. <laughs> Uh, I just got a bit too excited. I did the dummy one like so many times I passed it on. It was like, fine, never comes to real one. I got too excited. I crushed it the first time. Then on the second time, uh, the, the way that I did, I just put uh, the arm down so it sort of blocked out the camera. So when they did it with um, the other lads that did it from behind, it just, the angle was just like a bit better. So they ended up just like, like wiping out a bit. So that was uh, pretty good. But yeah, still yeah, wanted to do a stay, George. But like, I still remember it. I was right there when it's happened. Yeah, <laughs> then someone else did it. He goes, y'all do it. I think it was Ricky. Ricky, yeah. And he smashes on his head. Then literally, yeah. They had literally, I think they had, they, they took him ages to find one last plastic bottle. And then and I think it was um, Andrew, wasn't it? Actually, Andrew loved that. Yeah, he, and then he had to, but because he's featured in the third and fourth one. So that's a little, uh, Trivia for anyone who's watched the film. You want to know who smashed the bartender? It was uh, Andrew Love Day. That was, that was pretty funny. Man, Nick was fuming, but like, they, I mean, we can laugh at it now, but at the time, I was just like, oh, no, I don't want to do it. I'm just going to stand there and laugh and point. <laughs> <laughs> Your line got included, though, which is awesome. Yeah, it was in there, which is good. Yeah, a bit FaceTime, I think. Yeah, nah, sweet, man. That is awesome. 
the actual film itself, was that the first film you've ever done? Well, I got, um, yeah, I did this other thing on a zombie sort of thing where I just got like eaten by like, like, um, like two zombies, <laughs> like uh, a smaller film. But yeah, and I, I only really got into it because obviously with Nick, etc., and the boys, I met them in Marbella for the Rise of Foot Soldier 4, a security company that I worked with, they were out there looking after um, a client. And uh, they, they were going to the prairie, etc. I and mean, on the on the day before, we ended up going to uh, Terry uh, Stone's like free party, and uh, they were they were all went in there. Like mm. out of the whole friends I met, like Terry, like, old man first, then Nick. They were in the drinking party, like obviously Dapples with him and a few like people there having a great time. And then when the conversation came about, so I'd like love to like jumped in, but it was just like a drunken like sort of like having a laugh like conversation. I didn't think anything like they'd ever remember or come apparently. And, down the line, but yeah, that's how I met. And then they went to the prairie when they got back in London as well, which is first of November 2019. But when I was at Marbella, that was uh, October 2019. Mm-hmm. And then, um, yeah, it's all like come uh, good on the scene, sort of thing. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's awesome, man. I mean, like the like the feedback that the film's received, it's awesome. I mean, what did you think overall of the film after you viewed it? Not just because you're in it, I mean, just want your honest take on it. Yeah, um, the honest take, I've always like. I've, Soft spot for the first one. I think it's all good. Everyone thinks our original is the best, so it's good. But apart from that, like, I, very, I, I don't know. I, I enjoyed it. Uh, maybe like the second one in line. So I liked how it was like quite action packed. There's no like sort of dull moments in it. It's not like any like breaks in between. Mm. Not much feel. It's like sort of like like non-stop action, especially at the start. The first, first half of the film is literally like like non-stop action. Really, like there's a proper mm. lads film. It depends what you're into. But if you're a lads film, you like the, the drink, drugs, violence, women. Mm. That, like, I mean, I can't imagine like Mark Commode enjoying it. Like he's uh, yeah, 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 I mean, proper, proper lads, lads type film. The yeah. first half, just non-stop act, all that sort of stuff. So yeah, I, I like all that. Hey, the British mm. crime scene, like so. Like a lot of my favorite films are like that sort of like it, um genre. They're like lots, lots of smoking barrel snatch, like that yeah. type of thing. Lay cake. Oh man. I, yeah. With, like, I think the British genre, like the gangster genre, has gone a bit sort of been quiet a lot of it's been straight to dvd or just low budget like really low budget and i think now it's it's quite refreshing to see that was the foot soldier the origin film is in the top 10 is doing well on imbd uh, imdb you know it's receiving good reviews after the first week isn't it yeah i mean like the the actual marketing i think i put it in the group chat has been fantastic like it's you can't deny that i mean I myself, I mean, I, I was a bit worried. I, I think I, was, I joked about, like, I, I think it's probably be terrible or something, but I, I was only joking, I'm, you know, having a little bit of a laugh. Yeah. And then I watched it, and I generally thought it was a good film, soundtrack section. The cinematography, now that mm. was something that was, I've not really, like, seen enough in the films. But in this one... It was a detail for the editing. The editing yeah, was, yeah. Oh, like, I think it took, like, 10 months editing, but only, it was only four weeks of filming, I think. So. Yeah. Like the actual details. When you say 10 times the amount of editing time, the action literally was. Mm. It was like one month filming, 10 months editing. So they really went to town with the editing to make sure everything was spot on. But when I seen the director that uh, that down the, um, at London Premier, he was like, quite happy with some stuff. And it, with the details, like, you know, yourself with behind the bar, they had all the posters of like what mm. would have been that area. All the yeah, because obviously it was based in the 80s, wasn't it? Yeah. And then I had, I had all the, my 80s clothes like, on mine sort of thing um, to make, make sure it was all like... Um, so Chichini, or even down to the train, it's all like 80s, like uh, all the proper stuff. And then on the thing I had to make sure was like my hair as well, because the filming, like for football scenes, like obviously on a Sunday, but you know, so there, but nightclub scenes was on Thursday, wasn't it? A few days yeah. prior. But in in in, in the film, they do the football uh, fights first, then we go to the nightclub afterwards. So I had to make sure I had all the clothes. Oh, yeah, yeah, continuity. But yeah, had, yeah, yeah. Uh, would look off, but uh, and I had a fresh skin fade, like a zero, like on like the nightclub scenes. I had to make yeah. sure that it was because it was during the pandemic. I think it was like that day that they shut the barbers the day after. So I was ringing around to like those like sneaky barbers saying, "I need a fresh skin fade." <laughs> so I had to make sure that. Go yeah, down anyway, like one, yeah, one. yeah. Boris literally <laughs> shut the barbers like the next day. I think I said, "I need to make sure my hair is like exactly the same." But yeah. the hair grows back quite fast because. I'm dying up. I've always like kept up quite healthy. So like with like things like my hair and like um it, it, grow, it does grow like quite fast. I was like, oh, I need to make sure that's like spot on for for like the director and stuff. So that little point mm. thing we did, yeah. But I didn't really um, think about that actually. No, I didn't really think. But yeah, we found gum roots all anyway. We had, we had a good, good time on there. It was, yeah. It was 
the South End fans weren't happy, but you know, when, when, are, when are they? <laughs> it, to be fair, watch it like a third lot down, like they can't watch the game and like do the film down there. <laughs> like, yeah, God, what is this? Like, it, was, it was quite funny. I enjoyed some of it. Uh, we had a good crack. I had a good crack from the um, yeah. Like, but it looked good though. Like I, I was, um, one of my mates was there. Like he, he said it was really good. You know, but like, I had to get. I'd still seen touch with lads from the night. Obviously, we had a good like crap. They had a great. I was lucky we had a good bunch of lads like you, like Tyrone, Ricky, like Sam. Yeah, oh, oh, mate, they're, they're great. I think yeah, um, a good bunch of lads, yeah, that's sort of made it for me as well because the people I grew up with, like spot on the guys with me, like on the same wavelength, mm. just like good lads, good lads. I mean, I, I, I can't complain. Like, I, not just my experience from it as well. I mean, it was fantastic. But I have actually made genuine friends, including you, from that. And it's just, you know, it was a brilliant experience good film and this is going to be released this week and it will still be in the cinema so if you haven't seen it and you can and you've just listened to us and you want to go see it go in the cinema and watch it now it's weird awesome. how it's done um, the people message me saying i've seen it because in my hometown like, yeah hometown, but it's, it's actually shown in the cinema in my town so people are like tagging me so i've seen you and stuff that's yeah, cool man yeah, and, you, cool. and you was in the newspaper as well weren't you you can see you briefly. Yeah, the Sun newspaper. Yeah, I got yeah, I got the cool sort of thing. Yeah, like yeah, that was, yeah, there's a picture of like Vinnie Jones and I think Terry and but yeah, that that picture got used in uh, Sun newspaper, mm. the main article. Yeah, so that was a bit. That's quality, I mean, man. I'm, I'm, I'm a bit jealous. Yeah, I just got lucky in all this. I think being too. I was just, I was just always in the right place. Like, oh, that's yeah. most of my life. And people are like, how'd you get this? How'd you get that? I'm like, oh, literally just always like lucky. Like landing like random places at uh, random times sort of thing. But yeah, man, you was in the right spot, man. Honestly, just for you to be featured. Like yeah, the angle. Yeah. That's awesome. Like, if you had to rank the films, one to five, one being the lowest, five being the highest, how would you rank them? Oh, on the spot now. Um, in like God's honest truth, I, think, I always had, like I said earlier, like, I, I like the first one, but that was like, spot on. That's what obviously got me into the franchise. I think, I think yeah. you always have, like, you can't, a, lot, a lot of franchises, you can never really beat the first one anyway, even if the other films are better. So we've always done one. But um, I, I don't know if I'll put this on the second. Like, I did actually like, really enjoy it sort of thing. You can tell me. Really? I don't know, because I thought the second one obviously wasn't good at first. So, and then the third one was a bit like, had quite a bit too many. It had a lot of comedy scenes in it. it was a fourth yeah. One. Then the third one was like really violent. But I mean, Overkill, your cat team was just smashing everyone. He was like a superhero, and it wasn't he? And then just annihilating everyone for most of the film. And then the fourth one was like good but it's in my bed and then I'm not sure how much that was true as well maybe they were a bit too far and there's a lot of really losing funny bits in there. I did enjoy it it's good watching but a few, a few of the characters in there weren't really based on anyone either it was like the fourth one and then the fifth one had like uh like a bit of everything I think the fifth one they tried to uh, they probably get criticized with like what's true and what's not and everything which I uh, do get but um you get that of everything though man yeah, like it's, it's hard to get like, a point but a lot yeah. of people like I think the franchise is a bit like Marvel even level you hate it because like, fancy, yeah, I mean, I know people that hate it. Nine, nine episodes, and then James Bond's got, I don't even know how many episodes, but... But look, but look how much money they make, like, it's... But if people are enjoying it and stuff, there's no, no harm with it. Like, obviously, people have tip a few people are upset and different yeah, things. Yeah, which like I understand, like, not everyone's going to love it, but you but, have that, you yeah, have yeah, it. People that have moaned about it for saying things and fabricating and stuff, and people involved, they, they have, they've got a fair point as well, because some of the stuff that they, they are saying, like, it, it's true as well, so... I understand yeah, like yeah. Sort of side understand both sides. Yeah. I, I just completely. want to get out of it. Really. Yeah. But, um, I think everyone's got a sort of valid point. But... Yeah. No, that's, that's cool, man. As we are coming to an end of the Rise of the Foot Soldier film talk, uh, one person you have met who basically, because of him and his story, real life story, basically started the franchise and the films and the books and you know, the documentaries and the chit-chat, Carlton Leach. I want to ask your experiences of meeting Carlton Leach. Um, yeah, I met him a, a few times, not for many years now, literally when I was younger, like um, about 17, 18 uh, sort of age. Uh, mm-hmm. A couple of times down London, a few times in Peterborough, he'd come to a few of my boxing fights. He was always in the crowd with that uh, lad. And there's quite there's a few other faces there as well, but I wasn't as cleaned up with the underworld like at that age. Yeah. Like, footage or photos of others, because like um, one uh, couple of them as well, like uh, Roy Shaw was there as well. Like, he's obviously a big name in the underworld at that time but obviously I wasn't really um clued up on that sort of scene at the time but I met Carl a few times and he was a really cool guy he was always at the after parties he was um said a few stories on the film and the first one like what what, uh, what was true and what it was all about I met a couple of his friends and stuff and I'm even um 
sort of uh, I've never like of mate or anything. But I, like, no, I just, no, no. Like, he was like, like he was a cool guy, and well, mm. well, I didn't realize how um, cool the film 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 was going to become like uh, later on. So it was cool to actually like uh, meet. I sent you a picture, of him, didn't I? When we were younger, like yeah, looked different. And I was a lot skinny with no tattoos and been punched in the face a few less times. So <laughs> that picture was probably better than the one now. Anyway, but we share a few, we share a few like huge films being Carlton uh, actually, and then. One of them actually helped me out loads. A good chance to like, uh, like bang sort of thing. Um, he lives in Florida now, like Jason mm. Alday. He does the, um, the GHQ like magazine. They feature our security, um, private security post-section like uh, feature on it in the story. So that helped me get work. So um, good like shout GHQ magazine, thank Jason Alday for sending him. And um, I met him like through like uh, mutual friends as well, like through like um, also like, you've got like, Jez Love that did a massive favor put in touch with uh, Brian Anderson, because he did magazine together originally, but Brian, Brian Anderson's uh, Glasgow Eyes, he's the Glasgow like photographer, did all the true crime, but like mm-hmm. all the real deal stuff, guys, like like Paul Massey, Paul Ferris, he took the pictures of Paul when he um, come up with like, the court and everything for uh, the charge and uh, at the funerals for like Paul Massey and Ferris was there and all that stuff. He, he's involved with like a lot of the real sort of like, deal guys. So when they produce him and Jason Orley come together, they produced that magazine and featured uh, us. That, that was like a good uh, favour for me. That helped me a lot, actually. So, give me a chance to thank him. But he's good friends with uh, Carl Leach. They've known each other since mm. the like, West, West Ham days. He, he was with him the other day. Um, when, he, when he comes back to America, he always like, visits him. So, they, they stay in touch quite a lot. So, Ah, oh, cool, man. Awesome. 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 Glad that we got to talk about the film, by the way. Do you plan on doing any more films, by the way? Do you know if they're doing any more? No, no, do you plan on doing any more films yourself? Oh, so, um, yeah, there was, um, I don't talk it, but they had, I've got a, a role um, with like this ex, uh, it's called like Hold On, we've got this uh, ex Marine that's struggling with yeah, PTSD, it got me doing like a little like, extra sort of like a role in that. I'm not sure if they wanted me in there because like, so of like being on tour myself and the military, and I've, obviously I've got friends that well, I've seen people that struggle with PTSD, etc. They didn't want to involved in that because of the military background and all, but uh, mm-hmm. let's want this anyway. Well, they might have wanted help, like how to like how people act and stuff like because the guy that's writing it, he's got no military experience, so they do just want us on board to like give him a few tips and stuff as well. So I'm looking forward to working with that, and um, that's back in this year. And then when Danny Dyer was supposed to uh, come back, was, I'm not sure if they're scrapped it now, but there's talks like the Human Traffic 2 as well, getting a little like sort of, only like a small part. Really? Uh, for that as well, yeah, and um, last that, one, brother. Sorry. Yeah, the only one they're doing is the second one, but I'm not. But I'm not sure. Um, I think they're going to get into play like a Gorman or something. But uh, yeah, for that. But I don't know if they're that. That's going to come about now. Um, but I'm doing one in commentary for that. Uh, for a little scene for like for that four star production that the lads obviously doing. They just wanted like a small part for that. So that that's actually this uh, this month. It's in a couple of weeks, I So. I just got to wait, wait out for that. So, yeah, we've mm. got a few bits and bobs in the pipeline and just like see where it goes. But acting was, that was never really a thing. There's more, obviously, it's more like a hobby or just like mm. that. Just an experience, you know, just, you know. Well, yeah, I, did, I did like it. And obviously, money from the family, that, but like, I, was all, I always wanted to like, headline the UFC. That was always magic. You know I mean, or see combat abroad or like go on tours with, like, with the military or like, and mm. um, I think that. And, but my ideal job at the minute would, like, would be like um, attached to like, uh, special forces or SES would be like a dog handler doing the go in and do the clearance for buildings for like IDs and like when you get like a terrorist attack or anything like that. Like some, something happens like a few, that'd be like my dream job. I'll do that for free. Like I try not to chase money, like you're trying to do like more what I enjoy or like chase the money. What makes you happy? Yeah, yeah, just I've always been a bit of adrenaline junkie. I like sort of when you feel alive when you sort of put yourself in a few dangerous situations. So like um but if I did get given any acting like that that cool but it's never really mad. Um, like goal to be fair, but mm. well, that's what I mean. So I'm just relaxed about it. Like, might do me a favor, really, because if they get other people like Hester and stuff, they might do their own. Whereas I'm more like got a laid back approach to that. But like, oh, if you want me, you want me, if you don't, don't. They might be like, uh, and then I, I just say to them, well, I'm happy to do any role, really. I'm not really like, picking on I'm going to do this, I want to do that, I'm not going to do this. I'm just like, yeah, just throw us in, I'll do whatever you want. So mm. it might do me a favor in the industry. I don't know. Like, just keep your eyes open, man. And obviously, shout yeah. out to the four star production boys. Uh, you will see their uh, video at the end of this episode oh, so big shout out to them uh they're all good boys all mates of ours so yeah awesome and uh i'm glad that we got to talk about the experience it's brilliant i personally loved it big smiles and i remember it to this day i brag about it to this day and um yeah made a friend out of it which is why i'm talking to you so 
Uh, you meant, you've actually just mentioned your military background and I absolutely respect that you serve this country and I know that probably gets boring sometimes hearing that, but it's the absolute truth, mate. Honestly, anyone that is prepared to put their life on the line for the country, you know, absolute respect. Um, and you've actually served as a paratrooper, airborne soldier. Um, I want to know, I'd like to ask your personal experiences. And I know you have discussed this in other podcasts before, but listeners will have a go at me for not mentioning it if they do find out that this is what you did, um, you know, a while ago. So I actually want to know what is it that motivated you and basically wanted, basically why did you want to do this in the first place? Like what, join them, what, go on tour sort of Yeah. And uh, to be fair, it's like, sort of like, strange really, because, um, like, I was sort of, like, determined to do it. I definitely want to do it. It's like one of the lifetime goals, like, so you can't get, like, get that medal and everything. And um, it's, um, yeah, one of the things you can't really, like, uh, put, put into words really. You can never even really, sort of explain it, because, like, you're not, like, I'm not like an aggressive guy or like just is it like it's just one of the things that I think it's just like I fall into you but the, the other blokes that I was with as well like um I'm not like quite saying it sound crazy but the blokes that's left to right I me mean, they have the same mindset as well but they put it into my zero I think like born with people different people were born with different DNA we, we just wanted to be there and then obviously we didn't want anyone to get hurt out there because also the teammates so I think it's like the worst thing but when it's kicking off or if anything sort of like really attacked me, like it sounds like way to say it was actually like best time of my life. Like it's like it's actually like so it's sort of like a buzz that you can't uh, really like replace. And it's just like it's just awesome. I think it's like the way to describe but you know we shouldn't be doing it, so you should feel like a bit weird if doing it. But yeah, yeah. I yeah. think it's like you've got like an ex-wife who like you've got kids with, but like say they cheat on you like all the time and everyone but you know we shouldn't be like involved in it, but they just can't help it. Like things mm. like that, like you always just go back, you always like sort of like, don't push the red button. You're going to push the red yeah, button. Yeah, like, 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 people are like, why are you doing that? Or he's like, I don't know. But, yeah. Like, you can't, you just can't help it. So, I, it's one of the things I can't really answer. It's just, like, I think it's just, like, in the DNA. But I, but I was probably sat there doing at school and stuff when, like, like 14, 15, teaching, like, what do I be? And stuff. I'm like, oh, yeah, I want this military. Like, there's nothing else. Like, it was, like, so set on it. It was, like, unbelievable. Like, it was, like, um, there was no, like, two ways about it. Like, once, once I... Once I've seen it on TV and stuff and seen on the war and stuff, and then military. Because I, I, I was a young kid. I was only 16 when I first got there. And then, like, when it must have been it, fucking like, scary, man. Yeah, well, I, um, obviously, I went last year on tour to get 80. So I, couldn't, I didn't get a chance to go abroad um, uh, overseas until I was like, 18. But when I started doing training, when I like, signed up for it, like, I wasn't really uh, clued up on it. I was like, what, well, you actually got like, to get paid to so you used to do this for a living. And I was like, oh, that's awesome. I'd, like, I'll do this for free if you want. And, like, me and that's like, <laughs> It was just like one, just one of the things where I just felt like I was fit. I was boxing quite a lot as a kid as well, so I was always really fit. Like I didn't really like drink, never touch any drugs. Mm. I was always into like training anyway. And then I wasn't bothered about being homesick, like being away. Like I just literally everything that sort of my soul, soul really needed. I sort of like fit the bill really. Like so it was, it was good, man. Like best time of my life. Like yeah, I'll do. If I could go back to Afghanistan with the same blokes that I was with, like, like Astro, I'd do it in a heartbeat, really. Like, yeah. it's, it's all we had the same team and it's all the, it's all the good blokes and stuff like that. Like, everyone's got your back. And yeah, like the Airborne Brotherhood, like, it's just brilliant. Like, it's just a good experience in life. You can't really be. I think that's why a lot of people go off the rails and get upset. Like, after it's all gone and dusted, or not like myself, do with other people because when, you, when they've had it and then like, you lose it, sort of thing, like, um, it's, it's a bit of a pill to swallow, sort of thing. I think it's the same for sports athletes as well as mm. they when you're top of the game and then like say you sort of like, like now what isn't it once you've had it yeah all. We've, uh, what, but, but what, it doesn't really matter any sports or any achievement really even if you win the world cup it's like ah oh, and then then you break your leg and you can never play football again that must be a bit obviously Christian mm. Ronaldo at the minute he's also like top of the game but imagine like if he's in the car crash can't play football again he's like he's like the boy isn't he the man the whole mm. world's all about it Oh, don't, don't say that. Ronaldo's like a god to me, mate. <laughs> I know, I know <laughs> you're not thinking too you know, like, He's like Mike Tyson to you. Like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, 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 love, I love Mike Tyson. Yeah. But I always had, even though it's not my sport, I always had a big soft spot for Michael Jordan. He was a good influence on me. I always mm. Have sport. you seen The Last Dance, by the way? On Netflix? Yeah. The Last yeah, Dance? That's a good one. Yeah, I'm not even a basketball fan. Sorry to switch off, but like, I haven't actually spoken about it on the show before. And I'm glad I got actually briefly speak about it but the last dance you don't even have to like basketball to realise how bloody good it is that, that documentary yeah. and just Michael Jordan's winning mentality oh my god yeah well I said that, I don't really said you watched my previous podcast when I got asked the question if it could be post protection uh, work for anyone who would it be uh, Michael Jordan was actually my answer really yeah like, he's, right up there, like, he's like sort of like, not like 
fringy hero that like, I wouldn't go as far as he's a hero, but there's someone I generally like look up to that like, like even though it's nothing to do with football. Yeah, like, mm. Even when I was a kid at school, Michael Jordan was like the boy. You know, when you're when you're a kid at school, you think, oh, I want to be like, yeah, like, he's the boy. He's so cool, man. Yeah, Michael Jordan's got a big place in my heart, randomly. That's awesome, man. So I take yeah. it you were uh, you watched Space Jam over and over again as a kid. <laughs> so if, I can't, I'm not so much as a kid, but I can't always watch it. Yeah, I don't watch much films and TV and like and Netflix. Like, it's like hard ever. I read, I read a lot. But I don't, I'm always outside. I'm a war person. Go for mm. hikes and especially with the military and stuff. I love just being out and about and travel. That's what I like to as well. Get travelled well. Got to go where all around the world. Like, yeah, I'm not an indoor person. Like my, I like training as well. The MMA. But, um, like my what I do at my house, I just treat it as somewhere where I go for a shower, I go to sleep. I, I want to spend the, the least amount of time in there as possible, like in out. I don't I don't like being out, you know. I, mm. I like being out. Yeah, so um I don't really watch much TV and film that tomorrow. Yeah, I wish I had this mentality, but I'm so fucking lazy. <laughs> <laughs> There's a reason why I haven't seen my feet in over like two years with all the weight that I've gained, mate. So I wish I had your mentality. <laughs> But no, that's that's cool, man. That's cool. So with the boxing, I actually want to go briefly talk about that because I know you. Um, I've actually I had about what eighty fights. Is that correct? So if you had more or less, what well, that that was like all in when I added it all together. When that's another thing. Uh, that's point when you sometimes you get asked like things. It's hard, it's hard to get like things like uh, spot on. But I had like a, a lot of, like box fights. I did that would be like K-1 for, but then uh, the MMA like all together, and then mm. but with like things like. Did like things like jiu-jitsu, grappling stuff. I never really like class that as a fight, so I just like, put it out there as a, a rough like sort of essay I had. But I was literally like doing it for a child, like all, like um, all the way through it. But it was good because that discipline like sort of swapped into military. I got me like my fitness stuff, and it just kept me out of trouble. Not like I was in trouble as a kid or anything anyway. But um, so I might not have been in any trouble anyway. But it just kept you on that sort of like, like straight and narrow, really away from I don't know what life can loads of scribbles even like things like gambling and stuff like because I tried that and stuff but the fighting the fight in the martial arts like, in general just kept me away from a lot of my bad stuff because I think a piece mm. of just got involved got addicted to the wrong thing like I don't know because it's all got that like personality really so mm. that helped but it helped me get into also when it comes to get the close protection like jobs because uh, I didn't know I always sort of seen it as I didn't know why I did it not um, really, and in, in life, there are many stars are aligned. But when I got involved with potential, like all sort of come together. So I thought, I'm a military career, and the martial arts, and what's it all, all sort of like come together, really. Then I started mm-hmm. uh, like earning some good money and, and doing a bit better for myself. So I've got a lot, lot to thank for the martial arts, really. No, it's awesome. Like the combat sport, because I like, I like, I really enjoyed what you just said. Like you said, you basically did it to stay out of trouble, but you often hear a lot of people do it because they are getting into trouble to defend themselves or to basically work to basically get even stronger or to um yeah just to basically calm themselves down but you did it in a like in a positive way like hold on actually i don't want to have a bad lifestyle i want to keep myself disciplined and i respect that man i i, I really do um as you are actually the first mma fight i've had in the show unless someone's not told me of all the guests thanks um i think listeners will want to hear about your mma career first of all what division do you fight in well, I probably like spent um, most of the career like featherweight, so I was 145 pounds for Americans, but then UK pounds like uh, 66 kilos. Obviously, that was um, like with like the full fight camp and weight cuts and everything. So, I, uh, ideally, like 12 week fight camp to eight week fight camp, which that would like sort of like when we sort of like hit your goal range to compete. And we, um, for the listeners, I don't know if they're like obviously. I think because UFC is about now, I'm kind of very like the big names. People understand a bit more. But when I first started, I had to explain it. But everyone knows now you weigh in the day before the fight. But obviously, weigh in the day before the fight. And then by the time you walk into the octagon, like I was probably weighing like I think like, like that night, like when I woke up in the morning, I was at least like 74 kilos. When I woke up in the morning, like minimum, like from the next day. So by the time I, I actually like refueled for that day and what's the octagon, like, I was probably like probably you know, like, not far from walking around there. Could you tell the but, listeners? Um, but that's minimal compared to what, mm. what that's minimal compared to some of the big boys do. You know, like someone like Earl Merrill and like like your John Jones and MSI people, by the time they walk in the stuff, like, they're, they're like we're talking like minimum, and especially Darren Till when he used to cut down like loads of things. By the time they walked into the other and they're like talking like minimum, like two stone heavier, like by fight night, like, really. Yeah, some some of them want to take it even to the next level, even more than me. Yeah. But, mm. I think viewers might not know how the weight cut, like 
some people can win, win or lose like fights on the weight cut. It's a big part of the game. Like, it's quite dangerous as well. It shortens a lot of uh, people's careers if they don't do it right. But because um, I, I didn't do it right myself for years, I think a lot of the MMA well didn't because it's sort of a grey area. No, no one actually really knew what they were doing. It's like and then trial and error. I think the same as bodybuilding. You know, like like you got the originals, didn't you? Like you Dorian Yates trying to work things out himself. But like yeah. nowadays, you want to get into bodybuilding. Some some young lad walks in the gym. You can just go online and we just got like endless amount of information sort of thing. So yeah, that's what it's like at the start. Like like for me in the UK, the MMA it was like trial and error. And uh, I used to have to do a lot of traveling around the UK to get uh, different like training. Obviously, I was doing jiu jitsu, like boxing, kickboxing, Muay Thai, like judo, whatever you do. And you had to like, travel around to get um, all the coaching and to compete at a decent level. But, but now we can go to gyms, um, we've got everything like all under one roof. I mean, because that's what the Americans have got, but the British are starting to get now as well, where mm. you walk into the gym and it's like pure MMA, like, you've got a bit of everything now. So, yeah, the, the, the youngsters now don't know. Uh, good they've got it but another 10 years from now it's going to get like, even more ridiculous like the level's just going to get better and better like like the U- even at UFC level the champions like 15 years ago now in the weight class if they, they wouldn't some of them would be probably ranked in the top 10 of them nowadays top 10 like in their weight class like the level just keeps getting like like better and better and better so it's, like, it's quite exciting to see like that ah, awesome mate I was actually going to ask about the, the sort of weight cutting but you literally answered it for me so that's fine um I think you might have answered this question, but I want to ask anyway. I mean, if you can sort of elaborate a bit more and give a bit more detail as to why. But because you mentioned the boxing and the MMA, I want to ask what is more difficult in terms of preparation for either an MMA fight or a boxing fight? Well, it depends on uh, level you uh, commit that. But one, one, one thing that's underestimated, actually, to be fair, like to, uh, the, the amateur boxing is actually like, really tough, like, especially like, lads that compete at like, the ABA finals and like because obviously it's a short. Um, Short fight like um, Mount Browns, you've got a short space of time to impress. Like they 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 they, they um, train hard on that side. That's really good. And obviously, the difference between high, high level boxers and MMA, it's sort of, sort of like oh, who went out of fight Batman and Spider Man, isn't it? But with MMA, uh, obviously got all the like different uh, different disciplines. We wouldn't want to bore you with all like the history of it, but so obviously MMA is like harder. But when it comes to like dedication, if you want to be like best of the best they, they probably spend just about hours on their same practice as each other like just whoever spends the most amount of time in the gym and who's going to make them sacrifices or I mean, who's going to um the best mate's got a gauge on party or like, i'm going to miss that to go training or like things got wet and we such a good training like just, that's where it's just not like really like what, what's hard they're both like hard it's just more like top of the food chain for both of them like you've got like your canelo or you've got your know, like khabib sort of thing that Different sports, but they, they probably spend the same amount of hours in the gym just affecting their craft. But... Oh, brilliant, man. Khabib, what a fucking animal he is, by the way. Um, yeah. what is yeah, your two, two like most dedicated ones? Yeah, 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 yeah. But like Canelo is like dedicated boxing, he live and breathe boxing, doesn't he? he doesn't go off the line like off. And Khabib's like the MMA guy that never come off the got affected by the line like went off the road, he just stuck to his training. So, but that's I mean, them two guys like they're, they're like. Mm. Good, like, like role models for the kids. If you're a boxer, you want to be a boxer, watch what Canelo does in this fight camp. If you want to be an MMA fight, look what Khabib does. I mean, just like stay humble, respectful, and that. And just like just get on with it, let the fight and do the talk. You know what I mean, but as I say, which one's like harder? Um, well, they're, they're both, they're both like hard. But for, for physical, like hardness, uh, Olympic freestyles wrestling is the hardest thing I've ever done, like as a discipline, really. Like, yeah, yeah, for the physical. It's just like non-stop, like you're just going at it. Like if you do, if you wrestle hard properly, um, a little, like a freestyle wrestle, like a five-minute round could be the same as doing like 10 rounds of sparring at boxing. Like honestly, it's that exhausting. Like you'd rather, you'd rather do the uh, 10 rounds of boxing sparring than you would one round of wrestling if you properly go at it. Because it's like using every muscle. It's literally, they're, they're the proper, proper athletes. They are, they're like, people wouldn't understand how hard it is. Like mm. uh, Olympic, the real wrestling, yeah, that's like, proper tough like uh mentally because you're not able to take a step back and you can't just like throw like a box combination and, and slip off or if you're doing jiu-jitsu you can just like hold guard for a bit and get a breather but when you're wrestling it's like you don't get a second break it's literally uh, non-stop and yeah like that so that's the hardest thing i've done physically i think like in combat sports mm. um that's why i give respect to the american freestyle because you don't realize how tough them like, are like, they're, they're proper athletes they are they, 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 
obviously the Eastern European lads, the Greco-Roman wrestlers and stuff, there, you'd be shocked how strong they are. I think you're older, you know, you know but they're, they're like ridiculously strong, like, especially some of the Moldovan lads and all uh, that neck of the woods, like they're, they're like super strong, they are. I never expected to hear that, but as a wrestling fan, like, I, then I just, it literally clocked on, Kurt freaking Angle. You know, yeah. <laughs> some, people look at, some people look at these guys and think, oh, they're just sure. But if it comes down to it, they're, like, some of them are a lot more dangerous than you think, like, mm-hmm. um, and, like people, yeah. Oh, I didn't realize, man, honestly. But uh, like, now you've, now you've explained it, and obviously, think about Kurt Angle and others, like, I, oh, yeah, they, they still fuck me up. So, <laughs> no, awesome, man, awesome. Um, one of the first things I noticed about your social media when I, you know, we first met last year on the Set Rise Foot Soldier was if you go on your social media on your Instagram, you see that you do a lot of security work for some absolute big names. And they'll see like you work as a close protection officer for, you know, just not like music and celebrities as well. I want to ask you if you can tell the listeners who have been some of your favourite celebrities that you have worked with. Is it... Um... Well, because it was like uh, fairly recent, we did um, not with, I can say it now because we lost the contract, not, not like anymore, but I wouldn't say it at the time, but um, we did a work with like Anne-Marie and she was like brilliant to be fair, like um, even compared to not even celebrities, even like Jenny Gell in general, like, she, she was like spot on and um, she even signed and donated like something uh, for us for, and Corby, a charity for um, Dylan Harper, some uh, 18-year-old young lad that's had passed away, and his, his mum, Leanne, they had like a fun day in hometown, they had a football match. Now, I mean, she like wrote out like her album, signed it, I think, donated it like for gifts. So, I just, just in general, she, she was like, oh, like spot on to be fair. And, um, I that's got, class, um, that's class. Yeah, K- uh, yeah KSI, the world, they donated something to, um, Kane's fun day, what a lad down my way, James um, Hunter, he, he arranges it as well, like, uh, his yeah. fun days did that so some some of them are like re- really cool to be fair like um yeah i can't can't fault them but like it's like mm. one person like, i got really mentioned cool. because I, I think i've seen him the most on your instagram of all the celebrities uh stumsy yeah, yeah, yeah. Like? <laughs> like, oh yeah he's just like cool guy to be fair like just, like yeah down to earth just like yeah it's, it's like growing like you know little shout out to people it just He's just good, uh, he's got a fun to work with, just like relaxing thing. I remember a couple of fans were outside that couldn't get in one of this um, event. I won't say the location, luckily, but it was pissing it down. It was like uh, rain, but he still went out there to get a couple of photos of him and stuff like that. Mm. Yeah, like some of some, some put like so long on the camera, some of the general art, but like some of them like cool all the time. Because mm. even with that, um, I'm really like, got like the media like guy, like some like black like from Zimbabwe, it's cool. Like, name starts with D, but I won't say his name, but like, he's. He does all media and he was like, oh, Amory, like, like, she's like, always like, like happy and just like cool with everyone and stuff. So, so yeah. So, because obviously some of them are like the same on camera, off camera. Like, like, yeah. Like, I, I was lucky that like with these sort of people, like, I feel like, I feel like posted on that thing. It's normally like, they're, they're like pretty cool or mm. well, I'm I know you can't go into too much detail about it, but a lot of my listeners are wrestling fans as well. Uh, Ryan has actually done work for WWE, which is awesome. Awesome, awesome. Just yeah. want to squeeze that in there. Um, have you had have you had to deal with any crazy fans, like scary moments where you've sort of had to pin them down, or you know you've lost control, or whatever, or ones that any stories that you can share on here? Um, normally, um, it's like a broader, it's like more hostile sort of thing. So in the UK, it's more, more like um, if ever like gets to that sort of level, we've done like, like job wrong sort of things. Like when we were WWE, like I said, like we. Went even like suit and boots, dressing all clothes. You ever get to get physical? Someone sort of like failed as a job. That's like like the last resort. You like you don't really want public to really clock on that you are the close protection optic when you're in, in the scene, depending on what role you are. And so you want you've got those little tricks to like avoid it. And you, you don't want to get like physical and like because um. But one one of the time when it was a, the case, I do get like random like crazy fans. You've got like, like four or five hours. You would want to see him. You would take no for an answer. And he, he slipped around the back. I won't say what venue or anything, but and he, um, I think he was just trying to get his views up on YouTube. He filmed. He was one of the guys who was trying to get that hit. I think he wanted to be like a YouTuber himself, and he like sort of like jumped uh, when the vehicles like moving. He like jumped in the way of the vehicle like, three times and like killed himself. I was lucky he did get like seriously hurt. He got like arrested that day and everything like that. So that was like pretty crazy to see someone like relent to a girl. Like uh, he, was, he was literally like this, uh, young lad, um, 
jumping in front of the vehicle trying to like, stop it just to say hello to her sort of thing. So that, that was quite like, that was yeah, that was fairly recent. But yeah, you, you avoid like conflict. I learned that on the as well as you got older, yeah. Avoid conflicts. One one little you do every trick in the book to avoid conflict of uh, getting physical mm-hmm. with like a member of the public because it's not professional and it plus it can lead to other things, other people get involved like and for the sake of the headings, because your your job just for the principal or the person that when they can after that's all we're worried about. So if they get beaten up or like worse, then that that's great as long as, long as they're all right. So mm. you just sack yourself. There's loads of little tricks. One um, the little trick that I did, but just for one example, just sort of do my things like a bitch now, but it's like actually like better, like for say professional the tactic. One of the American special forces lines, an old music uh, Green Bray, taught this trick. He, because when you work in different places, you get like some, if they know you've got money, like they like try and rob you, don't they? Especially because at the World Cup, that from one guy got robbed, didn't he? It's, there was loads of cases in Kim Kardashian, she got robbed, didn't she, in Paris. And but, so sometimes they try and like do it like as a, as a theft thing. And yeah. so he like had like, um, he would like always have a spare wallet with him, just like a second hand wallet. And you just put like a tenner in it or something. And then if someone tries to like rob them or like get an, anything like that, like you just like drop, make it. You drop on the floor, make it look an accident, so pick it up and they'd run away, or just like fling it to the side, and then they'll just like grab it and off they go. And then you think, oh, I just lost a tenner, and then you think some some random that, then you just, you just crack, carry all the details, like even worth like getting compensation, or just like think that they've had that like, victory. Sometimes it's better to even like back down, even if someone can beat up easily, but for the sake of like doing it, then it could cause it could disrupt the whole mission. You know what I mean, like, so if you just like take someone out or whatever, then you can have a group of guys in the corner that didn't see a start of it. And then I'm not a particularly big guy, so people in the team are. So one of the bigger guys in the team like like does something to a small guy, a couple of other people are watching it, they might not know the full story and they think, oh, you're a bit bully, what are you doing here? Like try out me and then they get involved. Or if you're in a sort of like a bar or anywhere that's got drinks and you get into a scuffle with someone, even if you like um, grapple them and get them away quite easily, if you knock their drinks over, that they might want a conversation with you then and it could just like escalate into a lot of trouble that's not really, really worth it so mm. a lot of tactics to just like you're best off just like lo- like losing face just just to get to get rhythm so um, we tend to not really get in well we try not to get into any physical because if they get like that it's like well, like going against your job it's more yeah and plus you'll have you might have photographers there as well just just waiting to snap yeah it's just like for the sake of being you just got to adapt so come that's what, that's what makes the post-action interest. It's more like planning and stuff I like. And it's like when mm. something's always going to go wrong as well, then you can't just have like a plan and then uh, rely on it. Because if we're getting, going to be for A to B, we've spent like the whole night planning this route and then this is going down and everyone's like, uh, this is where it's going to go down. And then on the day, if it doesn't, people people like start like panicking and flapping. So, oh, like, because anything can happen with this, this road that we're planning to go down, if there's a motorbike accident an hour before it, and someone's um, what's that, died on his motorbike, or they've, they've uh, blocked that whole road off, so we have to like go a different way. You're just going to have to adapt to just like go with it, and then you just got to assess like where where it's gone and where we can go the next time round. I mean, look after it's just all about like adapting and overcome, like just being like flexible, resilient. I mean, so a lot of the people work with all. Like ex, like uh, little soldier at high levels, so all like sort of like quite resilient mm. like, people as well, and to stay calm. A lot of them have been in worse situations as well, so it's all about like, sort of, like staying calm. Really, if, if you like go off the road, start getting physical, some guy and stuff, or that's that's not what we're really about. Not not, not the high um, high profile ones anyway. The ones that have been around the block a lot. So what people have done for like twenty odd years, and like if you watch the way they work sort of thing, like literally fight, they'll, they'll never get, they can talk themselves out of anything, they'll never get conversational, they, they can talk the way out of anything, like they're just like so skilled, and that's, so many situations over the years, they they can, they can mm. get out of it, like really, but obviously if they have to act they can turn, turn on if they have to as well, they've all got, they're all got skills, so. I'm glad that you did tell me about the planning as well, because we spoke about that just before we recorded. And I, you know, I'm guilty. And I, you know, before I spoke to you properly about it, and I don't really know to me about it, to be honest, but from what I see, I didn't really think there was much to it. You stand there, you look pretty, and that's it. Get into the car. But then you have to take into account the planning and the fans and the stalkers and everything else and the you know, the, the danger that you put yourself in as well. So, you know, I think not just myself, but I think the listeners will truly. Absolutely appreciate that. I did actually forget to ask, because you mentioned about your boxing record, um, but what, because I know you, I've seen you 
with some MMA gold, and I've seen your uh, your MMA highlights. Wouldn't want to get in the octagon with you, by the way. But I just want to know what is your MMA record, if you don't mind me asking. Yeah, the MMA, um, I think like it's quite like, broken, really. Um, I think I had, I think it was like four, fourteen MMA fights. That's uh, well, actually, I think sixteen. Actually, uh, if it's just like pure um, MMA, yeah. Bad deal. Do you have any fights? I think one like nine of them. Hmm. Do you have any uh, fights coming up? Uh, no, I was being like busy with life. I've always been training. I've been doing that since I was a kid. I mean, like, mm. I sit and train as fights. I always train. I do it my life. But as, as fights, it's like not as uh, frequent as well. Um, I don't know. I haven't really got anything planned. I'd love to do it. I, I, I still love it as much as I did when I was a kid. But it's just when you get older, the level of competition is also got better. And also, my body probably doesn't work as good as it did when I was 18 years old. Yeah. Also, what time in the military, like smashing your body uh, scale, because with fighting and with the military, like, I used to just get hit by like, just being like really like, durable and like, just, like tough mentally. Because on like our P company courses and tests, um, and we can have like really like big guys who, if we did like a marathon, like, they're both like about to smash me, Joe, with the, because but that's in, in the comfortable zone when you're, you've got trainers and you've run on. Like flat ground, and you've got nothing on your back. But what made me like feel as a soldier was uh, just durable, just was different when you're going up and down hills, you've got backpack and you've had like no sleep, no food, and it's pissed down rain, you've got wind in your face, all the elements, and feet, you always got boots on, so you've got blisters, so you're constantly in pain. So a lot of these guys who were like super fit, when these type of elements come in, a lot of them sort of like crumble and drop off. So there's always a lot of people that pass, there's actually a lot of people that you wouldn't really expect. There's more. Like how like what sort of like mentally tough you are, like, sort of and really unfitness. So, and because I I I start with uh, martial arts as well. Like, a lot of the fights probably one would like even some of the beat might have actually been technically better than me. But I was like mm. I was always like quite durable. So as you get older, it's quite hard to like sort of fight a similar sort of style. So it's not as uh, frequent anymore. And then with with the age and uh, stuff, weight cuts. But like when you're like 16, 17, like like train MMA like, or if you're that age and like, I did when I was younger and when you train, train like four times a day Sunday's week you never really get tired you mm. literally train so hard you feel like you're going to you wake up with the next day you're good to go again but when you start hitting your mid 30s like oh, I am that's when the cramps and stuff start ah, ah revealing your agents yeah, <laughs> yeah my knee, I've injured both my knees for wrestling you know I told my LCM on my left knee before and LCM right in I cracked my scapula in my right shoulder like 2011, and I was um, out for like nine months of that, and there were these sort of uh, injuries that like, come later in life, and so I'll, I'll never be able to compete frequently, but I'd love, I'd love to just jump in there and say, but mm. I'm not sure, sort of when I was out training in Thailand, I got um, one of the Thais to um, sort out for me, so it used to always click, but they sort it out. That's another really thing when I learned um, traveling abroad and training, the levels of the as well, training Holland, America, and like Thailand, we've trained at some of these like top like gyms in the world. You realize how like, these guys are like killers or try to train all the time. So if you want if you want to make good money in like, like headline UFC and fighting Vegas and that, that type of stuff, you're gonna to have to like be on like, their level. So I've got these other stuff in my life going, I can't be messing around on bloody film sets with Big George if I'm fighting some Russian guy, he, he won't be doing that. I mean he'd be in the gym like eight hours a day. So mm. it, it just depends, doesn't it, like how how much you want still so, it's hard with we get offered other stuff where they're going to give me money or it's hard, hard to turn down, especially with the close protection jobs. They, they take up so much of your time. Like, it's, it's a lot of, a lot, a lot of time I'll be training that, that course. Mm -hmm. But I come home and then they're like, ah, oh, close protection job, I'll we'll give you like this amount of money. Then you're fighting. So it's just, you got like, um, when you get older, money sort of, with the bills and stuff, it's hard, hard to turn down some jobs. So, but when, when I was a kid, like, like 15, 16, like where you didn't have any bills. Like I could just train all the time, anytime. I didn't have to worry about bills and stuff. You know what I mean? You probably get that when you're younger. Do you used to play sports when you're younger or I used to be the fat kid in school, so I never, I, I didn't really play football until like got a bit older, and then I used to play Sunday league, and then by the side, and then I just basically like my ankle started getting away, kept spraining it, so nothing. To match what you've achieved and what you sort of were involved in, but I used to do a lot of sports as well. I mean, I've done boxing lesson before, um, a few of them, and I gave up because that is so fucking difficult. But mad respect to anyone that does it, like my mate Paul, um, who I know will listen to this episode. He does it when he can. But obviously, like you with work as well, everything. It's just finding the time, the right fights, and that sort of thing. 
Um, but yeah, and no, I completely, I like your mentality as well. You've got your hair screwed on, you know, you, you, you're realist as well, you know, but yeah. you've been able to do that. You know, you're not just yeah. waiting. Well, whatever, whatever happens, I'll always be um, doing training. I'll, I'll train like, well, it's quite hard in life, so I'll always be training and stuff. Yeah. But um, I, I like to stick to a roots and things like that. Like, even now and again, I don't know, I still like jumping on the doors every now and again, just for like, um, full time sake. It's, it's a good way to get skill level up. Do we deal with people? Like, mm. um, I was going to say that, man. Like, you're like, you're so, like, well, we're talented. Like, from everything that you said and what I've seen on social media and just speaking to you, man. Like, it's just, honestly, man, it's, it's awesome. It's really cool. Like, how versatile you are. Yeah. I, I want to really did those, um, they were a short one day or something. And then some of us, when uh, the padmen, when they started ch charging, I don't know how it's happened in the UK, but they started charging for like padmen, you know, take your pads and stuff. So I need so much cash for that. But because uh, I used to never really do it. When, when he was a kid, he used to like, well, original like training, like knowledge did it for free, and yeah. then, um, but it's different in UK to like time. So if you have like time to train like X World Champions or like or a like, high high level guys, like literally like less than a fiver like for a day or whatever. But when UK, like um, a lot of the past trainers, and this big industry now is it like fitness industry. So look, you want to get like decent power, and sometimes you have to fold into your pocket. So I thought oh, I need to like. Um, I started like, getting some extra cash. I started working on doors just to like fund my like, training really for like, my martial arts. But but when when I did that, it actually was really good for like networking. Like when you're on the doors, you meet loads of people, like mm. um, good and bad. But yeah, not, not just drunk assholes. <laughs> not, 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 not obviously good for security to open doors for other things, but even just life in general. So like I need someone to oh do you know someone does this and yeah just go when when you're in nightclub just like uh, yeah. My end. Like the amount of people you meet week in week out, you sort of just get to like whether they like you or different matter, but you get to know what, like who everyone is, sort of thing. So it's good, it's a good base like the network and open up like, doors for other things because mm. I've got a lot of friends that met the doors and I've went on to other work. Or, like, so it has, has been a good, uh, good network and you meet loads of people in the industry like, through it because even with protection officers, like if you talk to a lot of them, some some of them started off uh, as doors as well. Like, so. Uh, yeah, it's a good way of meeting like, some good, good people come come handy in the future. No, that's sick, man. That is sick. As we wrap up this fun interview, um, just trying to think what I can ask. What can I ask you? I was actually going to ask uh, because it's a new thing. Like, if I see someone with tattoos as a guest, because I've recorded some video, can you show your tattoos off on your arms? No, I'm not saying get naked, but I just want to see the yeah. tattoos so I can see that. I think people are probably saying, oh, that looks nice. Oh, I can't see that. Can you just quickly just show? Your um, arms, if you can. I'm, I was, I was, it's quite a skin tight top. This is uh, <laughs> it's not the best of cameras either, but got that patch in and obviously that there. But um, this is um, well, that one is sick though. That is that like the roulette table, yeah. It lands on the 26. That's oh, yeah, I sick. To, My mate John would well, love that. Metal on the which we've left or right, I can't see it. That's sick. Oh, I love yeah, it, man. Yeah, 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 you can see oh, it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what would you mean, Terry Will you allow this? No, that's fine. We're fine. That's <laughs> <laughs> no, cool, yeah. man. It's cool. Like, I've got some myself. But like, I, I, I just like the detail. Like, no, just the way it, it's obviously asleep. Yeah, it's cold because when I was but, filming with you, I, I always had tops and jackets on. Spoiled, yeah, yeah. And it was quite cold then as well, wasn't it? Yeah, it was actually pretty cold. I remember that was November, actually, that was. Um, but no, yeah, that's... November, November was, yeah, November 2020. Fuck me, man. South End, my hometown shithole. But, you know, my shithole, but yeah. <laughs> I joke, I joke. But it's all good, mate. But um, one last question. What is next for Ryan Barbie? Oh, that's the million dollar question. To, to be honest, I, I don't um, really know to be fair. Just uh, keep training. Hopefully, I'll jump into the octagon quite soon. That's like next... Uh, so go we get these two filming uh on set out of the way mm -hmm. and then we'll go for there obviously with the I've got a couple of uh, good little close section like jobs coming up but obviously I can't talk about that till it's like done and dusted. So I've got got some like decent ones coming up to you some good good names and stuff, people we've definitely definitely heard of so mm -hmm. I keep to myself. But yeah, so we've got it's going well, the close section work really. Yeah, I'd like to get a few more like, jobs, or something, get, get um, some more sun, sun sort of thing. 
Sick, man. What I would advise for listeners, by the way, because I will put it in the description, but follow Ryan, especially on Instagram. Like, he just is not just a celebrity spotting, but just, like, his training. It's, it's inspirational. Like, he always looks like he's appreciates life you know what i mean like you've, you've traveled quite far like in las vegas photo that's quite a cool photo by the way um obviously you're a dog man as well love your dogs i'm a cat yeah, person sorry but <laughs> that's cool and that's cool so actually what i'm gonna ask another question because you said about reading what book are you currently reading was it um i was actually uh the last book i read was a book by uh, jay morton called um Zen, like soldier mm-hmm. it was a um, really good uh, good book to be fair I'm quite enjoyed it. I recommend it to anyone. Yeah, I've been on it's check out that um he was um in Hereford SES for like ten years and there's a few things that like later walks he was also in Reg and went Afghanistan and, but the reason I liked it so much because it wasn't a typical like soldier book. He he spoke a lot about like how to better yourself and psych- a lot of psychological stuff like uh, life and like soul and sort of thing. It, it was it, yeah, it was a really cool book to be fair. So yeah, that was the last one I read, the Jay Morton book. Oh, cool, man. Cool, cool, cool. I'm a bit boring folks. I only read autobiographies. <laughs> yeah. I know, man. Lazy, lazy. Where uh, I thought the... it wasn't autobiography, but not like it was like half autobiography and half other stuff. Yeah. yeah. It uh, it'll literally only be like boxes, footballers. Like, I'm halfway in Tyson Fury's book at the moment. I love Fury, but he's a not. I'm a dog thing after Fury. That's his name, Fury. What's that? The Your dog. Fury. Oh, is it? Oh, I didn't know yeah, that. Ah, nice, man. Nice. A little bit trivia there. Got, got good taste then. It wasn't going to be called like, yeah. Wild I met, Joshua. Um, yeah, I met, met Tyson Fury. I was a cool guy and his dad and everything. And um, uh, yeah, met, met the guy who's named after, obviously, Big Mike as well, Big Mike Tyson. Or, but mm. the young uh, dog was called, uh, was called uh, Duran after Roberto Duran. He was a favorite boxer. Ah, oh, Fury. I love Fury, man. I, I didn't realize how tall he was. I met him in, um, I can't remember, it was somewhere in Essex. I went with my mates, like, it was last minute. It's just like, you're actually pretty tall. But, you know, yeah, yeah, big old boy, yeah. But no, I was like, oh, he's actually quite quiet. Oh, <laughs> like, <laughs> or, when, when, or something. <laughs> when, when, or me asking you a question, then Big George. There <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, was it. Who, who um, is going to win out of AJ and Fury, and why? Oh, uh, well, if it does, what? Well, so Fury and Joshua. If it does happen, you have to put your house on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I I like I like Joshua, right? and I know it's cool to hate Joshua because like, like he's Eddie Hearn's boy and all that crap, right? But I like Joshua. Like I don't think he's nowhere near a bad fighter. People say he is. I mean, like he's got that record for some reason. But I think Fury is just a better fighter, more intelligent. You know, he he can get hit, and Joshua proved it. Um, uh, what's his name? The big guy when they fought uh, and new and Madison Square Garden. Yeah, when he. Oh, no, Wilder. Yeah, you know just. I'll go with Fury if I had to bet. If I had to bet on it, but if it's going to happen, I know the contracts are for it. But it's just, I, I'll be honest. I've kind of lost the interest in it now. I'll be honest. Well, I'll put down on it. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Thank you for watching. What you call it, podcast? I'm joking, man. I'm joking, right? But when it does happen, it's going to be awesome, and I'm going to do everything I can to get a ticket. I know you will, and we can actually meet each other again if it does happen, and it's in. The UK, which I would not be surprised if it's not, but fingers crossed. Yeah. Cool. That's it, that's it, man. Where can the fans and the listeners find you on social media? Well, um, where I would find, yeah, everything. Um, also, in Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. I don't use Twitter too much, but I'm on it, yeah. But Facebook and Instagram is uh, the main one. Just put at Ryan Barbie, B-R-B-Y. Should come up and I think. And yeah, just give us a follow, I think. And, Hope you enjoy the journey. I'll have some more uh, interesting things to come, I'm sure. The journey's only just begun, my man. Uh, it's only begun, man. But obviously, I would highly recommend following Ryan on social media. It's definitely worth it. And Ryan is one of my good mates. Now, thank you for coming on. I've really enjoyed today. There's going to be more episodes of What You Call It podcast actually coming out tomorrow and next week because I'm a busy boy. And I was actually supposed to be taking a break, but uh, yeah, that went out the window. It's because I enjoy this too much and the views are going up and, I ha- and the listeners, you make this worthwhile. So thank you. But for now, stay safe and have a good... Sorry, that was terrible. Have a good weekend. Bye.
The following podcast is brought to you by the Jonas Podcasting Network, found exclusively at wrestlingwithjonas.com. Hello, everyone. I've got a special announcement for my next guest. Hello, everyone. Um, John Sitton, former Chelsea, Millwall, Gillingham, Leighton Orient, uh, coming soon on what do you call it podcast? Yeah, heard. <laughs> 